Mike check. Mike check. Mike check. Mike check. One, two. One, two. Are you there? Are you listening? Because I'm back. <laughs> yes, I'm back. Back for another episode. Let's go. Say sick and shit a podcast. We back for another episode. Yes. I hope you're ready. Because I'm ready. Let's go. Say sick and shit a podcast. Let me take a sip. Sick and sit a Sing us to the podcast. Yeah, it's no sweat, no sweat. I would never one, two, three, four, get about. Let's go. Yo, love, yo, sex. You know I work you out like both flex. <laughs> I jokes, no stress. Love, live, life, proceed, progress. Make sure the neighbors get no rest. We can get together, never disconnect. Yeah, yo, back, yo, neck. Funny how that song haven't got old yet to us. So let's project. Hey, stick and sit a podcast. Yes.
birth to God, my mama gon' like this one. Yeah. Say you sick and sit a podcast. I hope you're ready. I had a nice little pregame, so I'm ready. I hope you're ready. Say sick and sit a podcast. Yes, indeed. We're back for another episode. Say sick and sit a podcast. I'm back. Back for another episode. Let me officially introduce the show. It's a taste to consider podcast. I'm your host, Derek Silver, and we're back. Back for another episode. Yes, indeed. Episode number 96. 96. We inching closer to 100. The 100th episode. Yes, I do have plans for the 100th episode. And I know I've been bojangling. I ain't gonna lie. I know I've been bojangling. On being consistent with the episodes. Like, this has been... uh, Yeah, I gotta do better. I know I gotta do better. (laughs) It's funny because, like, this year, 2023, was the year that I was gonna work on my discipline. (laughs) So you see the discipline ain't been going so well with the podcast, but it's been going great in other areas. And it was funny because uh, last night I had ran a mile on my treadmill and I was just thinking to myself about, you know, just just me um, working, working and focusing on my discipline in general and how I've been doing excellent discipline wise with uh you know uh working out physical activity and stuff like that in the gym um and trying to redirect my brain in a way to celebrate myself on being disciplined in in the areas that I'm disciplined in and not being so hard on myself in the areas that I'm not so disciplined in. Um, And the start of June, June 1st, uh, I said I was going to do a 21-day challenge. And at first, that 21-day challenge was going to be centered around just the physical activity, you know, uh, working out in the gym, stuff like that. And I was like, 21 days, you know, it's June 1st, 21 days till summer, so... I wanted to work out every day like um, my normal routine is I work out five to six days a week. I'm in the gym five to six days a week. And, you know, I take rest in between those those uh, five and six days. Like I have it's been plenty of times where I worked out or I've been in the gym seven days a week. But. Being a student of, you know, bodybuilding and working out and stuff like that, I do understand the importance of rest. So I never wanted to always be so focused on uh, seven days a week in the gym, in the gym, lifting, lifting, lifting. So the times that I would do like seven days a week, there would be some 
some some weeks where I would go seven days a week in the gym. And there would be some seven days of a week where I will do like five days in the gym and, you know, like do some light workout the sixth and seventh day. Or I'll do six days in the gym and the seventh day I'll do something light. But I was like, I'm going to do a 21 day challenge. But then I had to think to myself, like, you know, um, I had to I had to think about a conversation that I had with my mentor. And he was always, you know, talking to me about, you know, um, stop focusing on just the physical attributes and, you know, add the other stuff to it. So then. That made me say to myself, well, okay, well, this this 21-day challenge, I'm going to add reading and meditation to it. Um, so what is it? June, June 8th. June 8th. So um, since June started, seven days we've been in June. I'm not counting today. Seven days we've been in June. I've been making sure that I've been reading meditating and working out and i've been disciplined in that so far (laughs) um there's really never a problem of me uh working out and going to the gym because i i I love it i enjoy it um i've talked about on the podcast plenty of times how meditation i i love meditation and how meditation saved my life <laughs> it literally saved my life um but i i failed off from being disciplined and consistent with my meditation so i added that on to it and the reason i added on reading to it was because i got so many damn books um i need to get some of these books finished <laughs> like uh I'm the type of person where I can't read just one book all the way through. I'm the type of person where I read multiple books at the same time. But I wanted to be disciplined and consistent with doing it every day. So that's something that I've done. And it's not even a thing of where I do it like a certain amount of pages or a certain amount of time. Just do it. Just read. Even if it's a page, I got to just do it. So I've been consistent and disciplined with that so far with this 21-day challenge. And I just want to get into the habit and switching, like, my routines and stuff like that. Because I know, like, a lot of people not into, like, astrology. But I have a I have a weird dynamic with my astrology. Like, um, my sun sign is a Sagittarius. So if you know anything about Sagittarius, they just, they, they wild they they're free-spirited they don't take no ish from nobody they're very blunt they do what they want to do but then also i'm heavy capricorn and capricorn is an earth sign so they're very grounded they're very serious they're very structured so i got like a weird dynamic when it comes to my astrology i'm heavy i'm heavy fire sign which is sagittarius and i'm heavy earth sign which is capricorn so i got heavy capricorn i got heavy sagittarius in my astrology in my natal chart my astrology chart my natal chart so it's like 
when I first started getting into astrology and stuff like that, even though I've been in astrology ever since I was like in middle school. But when I started getting back into it and started understanding and, and learning a little bit more, like I kind of think like it God set me up good because if I was just heavy Sagittarius, heavy fire sign without the, the earth sign, man, I would be a wild boy. I will be a wild boy. <laughs> but that Capricorn, which is an earth sign, kind of keeps the Sagittarius, which is a fire sign, at bay. So it's really a good thing for me. But it, it, it oftentimes it's a conflict between my fire sign and my, my earth sign because, you know, even though that that earth sign which is capricorn keeps me structured and balanced and grounded and stuff a lot of times that sagittarius that fire sign just be wanting to move just wanting to wanting to you know do things wanting to you know be extroverted wanting to be you know wanting to follow his dreams wanting to wanting to do everything that interests him but that capricorn keeps me at bay it's like a safety net so yeah, that's a great example. That that Capricorn, that Earth sign is like a safety net to my Sagittarius fire sign. So a lot, you know, for a long time, I used to think that I was, you know, just a straight introvert. But a lot of that just came from, you know, when I had my struggles with depression and stuff like that. But I'm really a extroverted introvert or introverted extrovert. But it all depends on the situation, the setting, the space, or the person that I'm around, you know? Um, because you, if you had conversations with people who, like, really know me, who spent a lot of time with me, they would tell you that I'm far from introverted. <laughs> but they will also tell you that they understand why I am introverted. So I have that balance going on and I don't even know why I was talking about this, <laughs> but, um, yeah, that is the, 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 the enigma of Derek Silver. <laughs> so it's always interesting when, um, I'm, I'm a very self-aware person, um, I'm a very analytical person. Um, naturally, I'm a researcher. So I, I research every damn thing. Like sometimes I research so much stuff where I go beyond the rabbit hole. But, you know, it, it's I enjoy learning a lot about myself. And while I um, learn stuff about myself, it better um equips me to have relationships with other people and understand them and not judge them and not you know and and able to give them grace and stuff like that so i definitely appreciate all of that burp number one and two hold up number three coming excuse me burp number three one two and three at the same time so yeah, like I said, I had a good I had a good pregame. Um and but yeah, just trying to focus on being disciplined and and this year and 
So I've been so I was kind of surprised that I even came about challenging myself um, this month. But, you know, I'm up to the challenge and I'm I want you know, what I'm saying I want to do it because I know that's something that um, I struggle with coming from the childhood that I had that I I lack discipline in certain areas and just overall period. And one thing that um, I was thinking about last night during all of this was that, you know, one of the most important things, one of the most important tools and measures of a man is discipline. And that's something that I actually want, you know what I'm saying? Because I want to be the best man that I can be. Um, so that was something that, you know, I was sitting back and thinking about a lot last night. Um, and just the fact that, you know, um, cause when I stepped on that treadmill, like even before I stepped on the treadmill last night, that was like, you know, it was either go to the gym or get on the treadmill or I had other alternatives on fulfilling that that working out portion of my 21 day challenge. But I just told myself, just do, just do it. Just do something. Just do it. Just go do it. And I hopped on my treadmill real quick, knocked out that mile in, in eight, nine minutes and I fulfilled it, you know, and it, Having those type of situations and building upon those things like that helps you in other areas. And I know that those eight or nine minutes that I set aside last night will help me in another area at some point in my life. So I encourage, you know, everybody, you know, challenge yourself. You know, it doesn't have to be anything big or extravagant. You know, we we tend to want to make things big and extravagant because social media and share it. But, you know, I haven't shared this 21 day challenge with social media or my followers and stuff like that. This is the, you know, for a larger audience, you're the first to get it. But that's, that's something that was important to me and, and, you know, I wanted to focus on really. And so far this year, even though like it's been uh, up and down in, in certain areas, I mean, I have been so disciplined with the podcast, but I've been doing it in other areas. So I'm pretty sure, you know, that'll help me with the podcast when I don't necessarily feel like recording or life happens and I'm just not in the mood and stuff like that, you know, so just something to share with y'all but another thing to share with y'all it is june june what is it uh june 8th 2023 so june 1st was the fourth anniversary of a taste to consider podcast and it's is is crazy because i planned on recording that day not because it was the anniversary. I didn't even realize it was the anniversary until my iPhone told me it was the anniversary. But I did plan on recording that day, but I didn't have my YouTube phone charged to record. So it just didn't happen. 
But we here now, four years in to a taste to consider podcast. Um, I've talked about my my feelings about the podcast and how I've you know um, compared my my uh, journey with other people's journey and stuff like that, which I shouldn't be doing, but you know. I try to be as 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 uh, open as I can on this podcast. You know, um, I do keep certain things private for my for my own good and and other other people's good because I don't want to be too open. Shit, I want to have some type of privacy. But I've talked about plenty plenty about you know um, my struggles with the podcast and where I feel as though I should be and comparing myself to other people and popularity and and people putting out bullshit compared to my good stuff and st- you know what I'm saying so so it's it's 4 years 4 years uh not this is the 96th episode um but I was told to you know celebrate it celebrate myself and stuff like that so I'm not you know what I'm saying I'm definitely um proud of what I've accomplished in these four years because um, just based off of uh, my mental health journey and you know struggling with depression anxiety social anxiety and having insecurities that I've had and stuff like that and not being myself you know what I'm saying not this you know what I'm saying not displaying myself to the people around me in the world and stuff like that you know having reservations fears and stuff like that so um this podcast initially started um back in 2019 and it was to focus basically on mental health and the reason that I wanted to focus just on mental health was because um I was already part of a group podcast which is the UNU net network but at the time it was the UNU podcast shout out to the UNU network uh three stars two bars um reservation for three separate the two unprocessed knowledge and codeshine all the podcasts as part of the UNU network unpro un Damn. Uh maybe the pre maybe the pregame was a little bit too much. <laughs> but the you and you uh network, you and you podcast and stuff. And so I, at that time I just wanted to focus on mental health because I was doing everything else on the you and you podcast. But eventually everybody, you know, um went their own way and we decided to do a network and everybody um, started their own podcast and stuff. So that's when I decided that I was going to expand uh, Taste to Consider podcast and just be myself, talk about everything that I'm interested in or everything that I'm passionate about. And, you know, um, I just went running with it. You know, uh, the first year I did a few episodes, not that many. Second year, um, I did a lot. 
second into the third year, I did a lot of episodes. Um, that's when I was very disciplined and consistent with the episodes. Um, and I fell off probably like the back end of year three. Um, so we hit uh, year four now. June 1st was year four. Um, so four years in. And yeah, I mean, I, I really don't know. I really don't have, <laughs> I really don't know what else to say about it. Um, I'm definitely, I definitely recognize the, the growth in the podcast. Um, hell yeah. Because um, from where I started to where I am now, the podcast is much better. I'm much more comfortable. I'm much more myself, man. Like, I definitely feel as though I have a great product. I have great content. Um, I'm not compromising myself for nobody and nothing. You know, I'm definitely saying what I want to say and all that other stuff. So I definitely am proud of the podcast. I, you know, just got to work out some more some more kinks. But, you know, that is life. And I'm up for the challenge. Uh, but, yeah. Four years in, four-year anniversary, you know what I'm saying? If y'all want to, you know, celebrate my four-year anniversary, you know, share the podcast, like, subscribe, download, um, yeah, all of that. But um, I'm on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Amazon Music. Yeah, I'm here. So, um, this this episode is 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 pretty much all about just all things with messaging. And when I say messaging, I'm talking about you know and. Where we are now in, in society, on social media, all that other stuff, there's a lot of messengers, a lot of messengers. Like, I'm even included in that. <coughs> there's a lot of messengers. So, let me see where I'm going to start off at. I, I got a clip. So, this uh, clip pretty much ties into everything that I've been saying so far. So, um, let me pull it up. Here we go right here. And this clip comes from Jason Wilson. I've talked about him plenty of times before. Um, he's on social media, Instagram, uh, Twitter and stuff like that. And I'm currently one of the books that I'm reading that I've mentioned on the podcast before, um, is cry like a man. So, I thought that, you know, um, with what I'm talking about on this episode, it's very relevant. So let me pull this this clip up. In that book you spent months writing, only sells, say, 100 copies. But what if the most high used you? to write that book for one person. And that one person needed to read what he gave you to write so that they or he can use them to save a million people. Why are you concerned when you're just the pen? When you throw a pen on the table, 
it, it's useless if no one grabs it and uses it. And that's all we are as men of the Most High. We're tools in the Master's hands. And when we take the focus off of us and our desires and the way we see things should be, we can finally be present in the moment that he has us living in. Shalom. I thought that that clip was like a great clip. And like I, I came upon it, like I think it was last week. And it, it touched me because I'm sitting here, you know, four years into the podcast and I'm I'm thinking about where I want to be, where I should, where I feel I should be and stuff like that. And I'm sitting here like, damn, what he's saying is like true as hell. Like, you know, um, I'm so focused on where I feel I should be instead of celebrating where I am. And it's so many, so many people out here with podcasts, with shows, labeling themselves content creators, um, social media therapists, coaches, whatever label you want to tie to yourself around your content. And I'm just sitting here like, damn, I've received plenty of messages, DMs, texts, all that stuff where people have like, Gave me kudos, told me that I helped them, thanked me for being open about my mental health struggles and stuff like that. But I'm more focused on where I feel I should be instead of instead of celebrating what I have done already and the people that I've touched and the people who enjoy my podcast and the people who sit there and listen and the people who watch and stuff like that and I'm just like damn I need to I need to you know what I'm saying sit back I need to settle down a little bit and even like this week coming up to me recording I've had several people hit me up and was and was like letting me know that they've listened to the podcast like they went back and listened to old shows or caught up you know, because they fell behind and stuff like that and telling me, like, you know what I'm saying, this show was good and, you know, I, I appreciate your perspective on it and stuff like that. And I'm just like, damn, I went, I haven't recorded since, what, May? <laughs> May 18th or something like that. And there's people still taking the time, like, even when I checked my YouTube numbers and y'all know me, like, I don't like checking numbers. But even when I did check my YouTube numbers, my YouTube numbers over the past two weeks went up. And I'm like, damn, you know, I got to just stop worrying about, you know, where I think I should be or comparing myself to other people and stuff like that and just do what I need to do. And that message, like, really touched me and it resonated with what I was going through and you know, the thoughts in my head and stuff like that where, you know, just do what you got to do and just, you just never know. Like, um, I didn't get into doing the podcast to be famous or anything like that. Do I feel, and I'm saying this personally, do I feel as though that I, d I should have a bigger audience? Yes, I feel that way. I'm not going to lie. I feel that way. I feel like my message 
and the things that I talk about is much greater than this bullshit that I see on social media all the time. But honestly, I can't control it. I need to just focus on what I'm doing and what I need to do. <coughs> but that clip and what I've been thinking and what I've been feeling lately just resonates with everything that this show is about. Messengers, like, it's so many people out here that's doing podcasts, doing shows, content creators on social media and stuff like that. And it's like, who can you trust? Like, who can you trust? Um, who can you believe? Who should you follow? Whose advice you should take and stuff like that. Burp number four. That's why I made it a point, like, with my podcast, um, to be as vulnerable as I can, even though I try to be as private as I can. Because, like, I grew up with this with this uh, mentality to always be on defense because, because of how I have how I've grown up and the things that I've seen and the things that I've gone through as a child and up until now with having that mentality and then just almost attracting certain experiences to me or having that that perspective or that perception of a certain experience because my mind state is already there and That's been like a big like kind of fight of not being so guarded and not trusting people, but also at the same time trying to be be as vulnerable as I can to help people. Um, but it's a lot of people out here that are giving out messages. <clears throat> And I'm the type of person to have the mindset of, you know, um, don't get so caught up in the messenger as opposed to the message. Sometimes the message could be a good message, but we don't want to hear the message because of the messenger, who the messenger is. And sometimes we get so caught up into the messenger that we get caught up into the wrong message. And I'm not perfect. Like, I strive not to be perfect. Now I strive not to be perfect. But it's a lot of people out here that resonate with bad messaging because it resonates with what they're used to or what they're used to experiencing and stuff like that. And it's a lot of people out here that are pushing messages out here and feeling as though that that message is right because they have so many followers or so many people are resonating with it like that. But it's a lot of people out here that are emotionally, mentally, and physically in bad places, but just because they're popular, they feel as though that the message that they're pushing out is a good message. And they're, putting, they're pushing people point, and pointing people in the wrong direction. 
And that's something that I'm not going to lie, I have a problem with. Like, and I'm not the one to sit here and tell and ultimately tell people what's right and what's wrong. But I do know what bullshit is. I mean, let's let's be real. We can all at certain points spot bullshit. <laughs> but um so let's let's get further into the into the podcast. Alright. So a few weeks ago, there um there was an interview between Ayala Van Zant and Ebony K. Williams. I've talked about Ayala Van Zant plenty of times on this podcast before. Like I I like Ayala Van Zant, you know. Um do I agree with everything you say? No. Overall, do I appeal to her message? I like her message. Um, I feel that she has a good message. Of course, yes, I do. But that don't mean I agree with everything she says. She did an interview with Ebony K. Williams. <clears throat> and um, I've came across Ebony K. Williams a few times before, um, but nothing to the point where I actually, you know, knew who she was for real. But I thought, like, the the interview that she had with Ayanna Van Zandt was interesting. So I'm going to play this clip, and we're going to talk about it. Would you date a bus driver? You. Would you date if a bus If he owns driver? the bus. If he owns no. it. If he owns the bus. See, that's a problem. That's a problem. That's a problem okay. because the standards and requisites, and I'm not talking about him laying on his sofa playing video games all day. <laughs> I'm not talking about mm-hmm. that. But the standards and the criteria that we use to measure men is off for who mm-hmm. we are as women and who they are in this society. I would date a bus driver mm-hmm. if he was, if he loved driving the bus, if he was a man of mm-hmm. integrity, if he was good to his mama, if he treated me well, I would date a bus. So that was the initial viral moment from that interview. <clears throat> and Ebony K. Williams caught a lot of flack from how she responded to that question that Ayanna Van Zandt posed to her. Like, you know what I'm saying? So when I first saw it, I was like, I mean, I'm not surprised. Like, we, I've seen this plenty of times before on social media. I've seen it plenty of times, like, particularly on Twitter. Like, well, shit, I ain't even going to no, know on social media, period. Um, a lot of people try to say that this divide between black women and black men is not real. And that it's just, it's just social media and social media is fake. But no, it's, it's real. Trust me, it's real. And no matter how many people on social media want to live fake lives and portray fake lives and stuff like that, a lot of that stuff is is true. Like even if it's fake, it's true. It 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 holds truth to it. It displays some sort of truth, whether it's an insecurity, um, something like shit. All of it, that shit is damn near insecurity to me but it's some other clips that um are part of this initial interview so let me move to that 
And so I think this next clip got um, is Ebony K. Williams defending herself after the fact. So let me move on to that. <laughs> is the reason why I have to submit that black men are now going to HBCUs and college and generally at half the rate of black girls and women. I don't think that's okay. Shouldn't we address the system that put us in these We are addressing the system, but first, but first we have to name it, Charlemagne. See, that's where people's feelings are getting hurt, is the fact that I am naming it. I am saying that it is not okay to bring C's and D's through the to, to your home and then expect to go to, on to higher education and acquire a higher skill set. And when you say that, that is hurtful to people, Envy. I'm acknowledging the pain. But somebody has got to start telling the truth to our people. And so <laughs> yeah, so she was on. This was from the Breakfast Club, man. They was basically challenging um, her her response from that interview, and it didn't go so well. Um, it's some of the clips to it, and then I'll go into really how I feel about the situation. So let me move on to the next one. So out of the 50,000 plus comments posted on social, I only saw a handful that even considered the possibility of a bus owner being a more aspirational position and recognizing that I am actually speaking and pouring into the ascension of black men when I said what I said. But see, no, some of y'all were too busy naming and shaming me personally and black women in general as undesirable gold diggers and much worse. Now, I suspect that some of y'all are the same men that were bringing home C's and D's on your report cards, only to then be coddled by parents that said, well, that's okay, as long as you're doing your best. Well, listen, I love and believe in the excellence of black men. So no, my dear, C's and D's or any other form of mediocrity is not okay. No, I will not create a soft place for you or anybody that I love to fall comfortably into the bigotry of low expectations. So I'm going to say one more time. She went from not wanting to date the date a bus driver unless he owned it to now C's and D's and HBCUs and the system and all this other stuff. She did a lot of deflecting after she got backlash. Uh, <laughs> it's just it's just interesting. Like. But we're not done yet. We're not done yet. And this is why I say this is the problem with following behind, just blindly, blindly following behind these these messengers, including me, blindly following behind these messengers, because it seems as though everybody has an agenda. And even like last episode, when we was talking about predators, a lot of these messengers are predators, <laughs> A lot of these messengers are predators. All they care about is getting the following, getting some kudos, getting to a place, whatever place that is. Like, you know, it's not about giving a good message and helping people. It's about them advancing to a place that they want to get to. So let me move on to the next clip. around that but more than i care about hurt feelings i care about providing my people with facts and information that say that the current way of life for the majority of black americans is not serving us i'm going off of the data and the facts 
that is I am not okay and I don't think it's okay. So she says she's going off data and facts. Has she provided any data or facts yet? <laughs> the vast majority of black Americans, again, overpopulate, disproportionately occupy spaces that are not ideal, that make us vulnerable. I talked about the COVID, that make us vulnerable to death. This is why I say I don't want to get into debating anybody. Because when you talk about debate, debating, real debating, you have to come with facts, statistics, with some sort of truth. It can't just be opinions and passion and anger, etc. You have when it comes to debating, you have to have facts, statistics. disease maternal health all the things that we are that y'all all talk about on this show every day now if y'all are okay with the current positioning of black america that we are the lowest income the lowest home ownership the lowest educated group then so be it unless now that's true that's true so that is that is fact we are in the lowest points of those areas so finally she gave some 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 type of facts <laughs> Just, let's just stop talking now and keep on going about our business. Envy, I'm not okay with it. So that is why I said what I said about addressing the bigotry of low expectations. It's the bigotry of low expectations. But my thing is, like, one of the problems that I have with us as a culture and us meaning black Americans is that everything has to be black excellence. Like, everything. But when you talk about black excellence, it has to be extravagant. It got to be Gucci purses and Hermes or whatever fashion crap out here. Or you got to be going on a thousand trips or you got to be a C CEO, CFO, general manager or something or whatever. <clears throat> Knowing how... America has treated us and continue to treat us and put systems in place to keep us down. We can't look at black excellence as us just getting a high school education, getting a college education, just having one degree, one, you know, a bachelor's degree. And this is not me going on anybody who who strived to get or had the passion or desire to get more than one degree. But. In our culture, we we make it as so that a person that just has a nine to five job is in black excellence. A person who has worked at a job for 20 to 30 years is in black excellence. We make it as though if uh, a, a couple hasn't been married for 20 years and have had some difficulties, have had some some infidelity or or. Um, some arguments or something like that, that that can't be black excellence. We make it as though that black excellence has to be 150% perfection. We make it as though black excellence has to be winning Grammy Awards every year, winning Oscars every year, being Beyonce, being Rihanna, being Denzel Washington. Black excellence can't just be Holding down your family. Paying your mortgage every month. Paying your bills every month. 
not having any drama in your life. Not arguing over so on social media. Like we 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 make it as though that we have to be 150% perfect every damn day. Black excellence can't be nothing mediocre. Like I wouldn't be consent I be the way that society or not even society, our culture, the black American culture portrays black excellence. I wouldn't be considered black excellence. I came up from my parent. No, let me even not even include me in this. Let me start beyond myself. My parents, dirt poor from North Carolina, dirt poor. Like my father's family was so poor. I never seen a baby picture or a picture of my father as a kid. The first picture I've seen of my dad was of him being 17 years old or 18 years old. That's how poor they was. My my parents were sharecroppers as kids. I'm 41 years old. My parents are still in their 60s and they were sharecroppers as kids. That's black excellence. My parents don't have a not to tell their business, but my parents don't even have a mortgage. They own their house. My my mother is retired, 30 something years in the federal government. My dad about to retire. He should retire. Got his own side business. That's black excellence. Like, we got to make everything black excellence extravagant. It got to be on TV or uh, social media or reality TV shit. My parents coming up on 50 years of marriage in November. That's black excellence. Whether the marriage was perfect or not, that doesn't matter. What matters is they made a choice. And they accomplished it. <laughs> like, we, I just don't, like, this is the, the bullshit that we so wrapped up in that we're losing sight of where we supposed to be. We sitting here chasing a dream that is not even a dream that was built for us. But let me move move on to the next clip. <laughs> I got a little caught up there. <laughs> so we still on Ebony K. Williams. So I think this is the last clip. I would expect a man to do in my life. Uh, two things come top of. And this is the kicker right here. Like, so, you know, um, she talked about black men, black men and the importance of the advancement of black people and stuff like that. But this is where we get, this is where her message and her being a messenger starts to get shaky. It starts to get a little bit blurry, foggy. Mind and they are provide and they are protect. And when my lived experience um, and I think I'm still relatively young, I guess, but I'm 40 in, in, in September. So, you know, I've, I've, I've had some 
some relationships. And I, when I think of a masculine um, posture and what I would expect a man to do in my life, uh, two things come top of mind and they are provide and they are protect. And when my lived experience, um, and I, I think I'm still relatively young, I guess, but I'm 40 in, in, in September. So, you know, I've, I've, I've had some, some relationships and I've yet to find a man who has shown, I mean, this includes even my father who was absent. I've yet to have a male mm. energy that provided or protected me consistent. Your so now you start to see where her message <clears throat> gets shaky. It gets blurry. And where there is some some waves or some some uh, ulterior motives to her message, or there is some anger behind her message, or some trauma behind that message. She said her lived experience, and then later on in that message, she spoke on her dad. So. And she talked about her relationships where she is yet to find a man to protect and provide. So that's the end of the clips. But back in, I believe this was 2020, back during the pandemic, Ebony K. Williams, she did an article. She said, this is the title of the article. Ebony K. Williams broke off engagement because fiance quarantined with his not so little kids. So you hear that and you think, hmm. So she had a problem, you know, um, with her fiance wanting to quarantine with his kids. <sighs> Is there a little bit of entitlement there? Is there a little bit of being spoiled there? Um, we can only speculate, right? I can only speculate because I don't know the inner workings of that particular relationship. But what I found interesting was that this fiance wasn't a black man. He was a white man. Not that that particularly matters. But she seemed to have all this fire and gumption behind black men. But come to find out that she had uh, this incident with a white male. So does it matter what color the male is? So you had your issues with your dad, which I'm assuming that your dad was a black man. You said you're 40 years old and you've gone through relationships before and you've never had a man to protect and provide for you. So most recently your relationship was with a white man and you felt... I'm assuming you felt that same thing. That's why you broke off the engagement because he wanted to quarantine with his kids. So where's the anger really coming from? Like, where's the message that you're putting out there really coming from? Who are you really angry at? Are you angry at men? 
Are you angry at black men? Are you angry at white men? Who are you angry at? It says, exclude this is from the daily mail news exclusive how real housewives of new york star ebony williams claimed she was self-made but let her mega bucks fiance pay for her ritzy pad had her lawyer's license suspended for non-payment and was charged with shoplifting a pair of 245 dollars stored weissman pumps so if this report and this claim is true, is that black excellence? Is that black people doing better for themselves? Is that a A or B student? I mean, you wanted to throw out C and D's. So I'm assuming since you was talking about C and D's, you was an A and B student, but if this report is true, that, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> it says the 37-year-old was engaged to financial big shot Stephen Glenn, 53, the managing director, CFO, and COO at Wahlberg Pincus, a private equity firm. She initially presented herself as a woman torn between forging a career and longing for family, but sources say she showed little to no interest in her ex's kids. Sources say she also claimed to be self-made while sitting in the three-bedroom apartment in New York's Four Seasons residences paid for by her then-fiancé. Williams also considered herself a disruptor while working as a Fox News contributor, but is alleged have supported Trump's wall. I mean, I don't care about all that, but it sounds like you were a kept woman and you were a kept woman by a white man. And when you didn't get what you wanted and then you claim that you wanted to be protected and provided for, but you can't even accept the man that you was with for protecting and providing for his kids while he was also providing for you. I mean, this is what I'm talking about with this message, this with messengers. I'm not sitting here trying to judge. I'm just pointing out the facts. These are the facts that's been laid out. These are the facts that that's been laid out right here. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you want me to do. <laughs> so, Moving away from Ebony K. Williams. So we're going to do a little bit of rewind. Rewind here. So y'all know I've talked about two black women therapists before. And let me start by saying this. I know it may look like I'm just attacking black women right now, but that ain't the case. That ain't the case. Y'all know everybody is on the table. Even myself. Even myself. <laughs> But we following the show, just following the show. So like I always say, if you're triggered by anything that I'm saying, that means it might be true. And I will always say when I'm triggered by certain things, that's because it's true. <laughs> and I welcome those triggers because that shows me the things that I need to be working on. And I don't want nobody to trigger me because I don't want nobody to have no damn power over me. <laughs> but. Rewinding back to this to a black therapist, black woman therapist that 
I've talked about before on the podcast. So I'm trying to figure out how I can describe this so you can remember. Um, I don't know if I can can necessarily do that, but this is a black woman therapist that I've talked about on the podcast before because of her message and how I disagree with it. So let me see where I'm at. It's some clips that um, I got of her. Let me see if I can find them. Uh, what the hell is them clips? All right, here we go. Let me see. Pull those clips up. Um, where? Here we go. Here we go. Right here. All right. All right. Let me see. Pulling up. Pull up on me. All right. So this particular black woman therapist, her name is um, Nicole Lewis. She's a clinical social worker. And this time, the reason why I'm bringing her back up is because initially she started out saying how she wasn't going to, she doesn't want to accept any more male clients and stuff like that. So it was this big old controversy on Twitter about her um, accepting not wanting to accept um, male clients anymore because she wanted to protect herself and all this other stuff and all and all that. I forgot what episode I initially talked about this topic on. I, I should have had that ready. I apologize for that. But um, if you go back to the podcast and you can, that's why I make sure I put descriptions on each episode. So it's on there. But she was basically saying how she didn't want to accept any male clients no more because she wanted to protect herself and all this other stuff. And it got, it went viral and it, it got into this big old thing with black men and stuff like that. So now what has recently went on, this was back in like uh, March or April or whatever was, um, she had a, a, a page on therapy for black men and if you don't know a lot of uh therapists, social workers and stuff like that, they put their they make profiles on on these type of platforms um so they can get clients. So this particular page like um I've referenced this page plenty of times before. It's a good page on Instagram called Therapy for Black Men. There's a lot of good content and stuff on there and she had a profile on there so she can get clients or whatever. So after all the stuff happened with her going viral and stuff like that, that particular platform, Therapy for Black Men, removed her from the platform after she said she wasn't going to accept no more men clients and all that other stuff. Um, but she did say that she was going, all the, all the profiles, all the platforms that she was on, that she was just going to ride out, you know, her, her subscription that she paid for on those. So Therapy for Black Men actually removed her from their platform and gave her a full refund, right? But she had a problem with that. So we're going to get into, I'm about to play a clip of her speaking on it. So here we go right here. My story. 
So All right, let me it. let me start it from the beginning because the when you pull up the the little post, the the sound on me on. So let me start it from the beginning. I'm ready to tell my story. So y'all know I went viral a couple months ago, and there's a lot of stuff that has been happening behind the scenes, and I'm gonna tell y'all everything that's been going on. A lot of people misinterpret what I said about not accepting new male clients and thought that that meant that I don't want to see black men and I don't like black men for whatever reason. Mm, that wasn't it. That turned into people saying, this you. And I'm going to pause it here because you heard what she said, that that wasn't the case with black men or whatever. She's lying. Because if you go to her her social media page, particularly on Twitter, she has, and TikTok, she has several videos on there where she always got something bad to say about black men. But let me get back to this initial post. Showing me a screenshot of my profile on therapy for black men. And I'm like, yeah, that's me. I've been working with black adults for a long time. What's the problem? Like, yeah, I pay for that. And so I'm still on there, but I'm not going to pay moving forward. Well, somebody behind the scenes of therapy for black men took it upon themselves to not only send me a refund for that month, they just sent me an email refunding me and didn't say nothing else. And they also removed my profile. And I want to know why, because I don't like when people are passive aggressive with me. So this is me asking therapy for black. See, why did see, this is what I'm talking about right here. See now. So uh, she says she didn't want to accept any more men clients, but you on a you on a platform for black men. But now you're mad because your profile was removed and you was given a full refund. And you said you didn't, you already said you wasn't going to go forward. You paid your month, but you wasn't going to go forward after that. So then they just helped you out, right? So if you wasn't accepting any more male clients, why do you care? So this is what I'm talking about right here with these people with these messages. So now she's pushing this message out here that she's a fucking victim. Like, I apologize for that language, but I, I can't stand when people make themselves a victim and not be accountable for their role in things. We all play a role in everything that happens in our lives. We all play a role in it. Even if it's the smallest, minute thing ever, we play a role in it. And that may just be that small, minute thing may be just be our reaction to what somebody does to us. But I have a problem with this, especially when it comes to mental health. I have a problem with it. Because for me to be a black man and know my struggles and know other black men's struggles and even recognize other black men's struggles without them speaking it, I know how hard it is. But let me get back to the clip. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I removed my profile why did y'all send me a refund without saying something to me like that was real passive aggressive i would have liked y'all to send the email and saying hey. how is that passive aggressive and 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 what pisses me off more is when she pushing out this message is people with the same mindset as her that resonate with that message that she's pushing and will continue to look at black men in that negative way. You're supposed to be a therapist. You're supposed to be a social worker. You're supposed to be helping people. But you're pushing out bad, negative messages. And you're looking to be fulfilled 
by people being on your side. It's a problem. It's a problem. Hey, we saw that this is going on and that you no longer want to be on this platform. Would you like us to go ahead and refund you um, and delete your account? Or would you like to just wait? Nothing. Y'all expect. She's asking for an explanation from this platform. But when she went viral, she made several videos saying that she don't have to give no explanation on why she's not accepting men clients anymore but now she wants an explanation come on man and this is why i say you have to be careful with therapists you have to be careful with anybody who is so focused on their title or label because they're just humans just like us i understand that there's people out here who wants to get better there's people out here who wants to have a coach who wants to have a mentor who wants to have some sort of direction. And a lot of times that comes from the lack that you didn't get from your childhood years, your foundational years. But you have to be careful about who you follow, who you listen to, who you take advice from, who you tell your business too because there are a lot of people out here who have gone through college training and all that other stuff that learned the, the technical necessary things to teach the people but they don't have the maturity the wisdom and the leadership to direct and help people so much professionalism from me, but the same demographic of people who I was talking about disrespecting me is the same demographic. See, so this is where she got caught because initially she said when she went viral, she was like, she's not accepting any male clients no more. So then it, it turned into black men having an issue with that. And then she made videos talking about something. I didn't even say black men. And then you had people that were supporting her saying she didn't say black men and all that other stuff. So now it's the same demographic, right? So now that you feel as though you're, you've been victimized, that you feel this quote-unquote passive aggressiveness, so now it's that actual demographic. See, and this is why you have to pay attention to the messages that people spit out. Because she told on her fucking self. She said it wasn't about black men, but now it's about black men. Now that you feel victimized. And now that you're looking for some support from your followers, from the people who, who have the same mentality as you. Come on, man. That continues to try to harm me. Harm me. Like, and this is what, this is manipulation right here. You can have that technical knowledge and, and, and all that other stuff where you know how to use certain things on your side. You do not have to use that term passive aggressiveness and you do not have to use that term harm. She know what she doing. This is manipulation right here. Straight up manipulation. Now, I don't know if their intent was to harm me, but the intent is not the problem. It's the impact. 
Because why are you doing that? I paid you money to be on this platform and you're like, we don't want your money. What was the reason? I'm ready to tell my <sighs> Man, I tell you, boy. Like, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so. <laughs> like, you can lead some people to water, but you can't make them drink, bruh. Like, no matter how much, how many times I do this podcast and I talk about certain things like that, that's why I named it A Taste to Consider. Because I know I, I'm not going to reach everybody. I know I'm not. I'm That ain't even the goal. That's not even the goal for me to reach everybody, to change nobody's mind or anything like that. It's just giving you something to consider. A taste to consider. That's all it is. But it's people out here that's pushing these messages that they want you to be a full-fledged follower. All I want you to do is think for yourself. I just want you to think for yourself and not be a follower. Like, you don't even got to agree with me. But I just want you to think for yourself. But it's people out here that whatever happened in their lives, that they need this. They need this. It fulfills them. It fuels them. It makes them feel good about themselves. It makes them not be accountable for the things that they say and do. And that's even on the other side for the people who's receiving the message. There's a lot of people out here that's receiving messages, negative messages. And they feel as though because it resonates with them that that means that, that it's true. So they don't want to hear nothing else. They don't want to hear no other sides. Everything has to be black and white. There's no gray area. But that's why I say when you when you want to go to therapy, therapy is just like any other relationship. You have to vet these people because just because they have the tools and the knowledge to help you doesn't mean that they're there that they're in a space of healing, that they're in a so a, a space of self-awareness. That they're in the space of healthiness to help you. Because they can't even help themselves. A lot of people that, that are coaches and therapists or whoever, they deal with pain just like you do. They need help just like you do. Burp number five and six. They aren't dealing with their pain like they should. So they're just distracting themselves. Shoot. They they're 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 projecting and living their pain through you sometimes. One of the things that I tell everybody who talks to me about therapy and going to therapy and stuff like that, and I always tell them. Be careful about the therapists that tell you what to do. They're not supposed to tell you what to do. They're supposed to give you the tools in order for you to make 
your own decisions. If they're sitting there telling you what to do, then that might be a little sketchy. And I'm only saying that for um, minor situations. But if it's something major, like, you know what I'm saying, if you're thinking about harming yourself or something like that, that's something totally different. But I'm talking about ordinary life, ordinary, you know, relationship problems, ordinary thinking, ordinary mindsets that, you know, most people go through throughout their lives. A lot of these people who hold these these titles or, you know, um, out here doing certain jobs and, and things like that, they hiding behind masks just like we are. So you have to be very careful and vigilant in who you listen to, who you follow, the things that you you take in. Like, I came across this post um, today, and it, it was right on time for this episode. It says, if you practice looking for something to disagree with, it becomes difficult to not notice things that are objectionable. If you practice looking for something valuable to learn, it becomes difficult to not notice things that are interesting or useful to you. And I'm sitting here, after I read that, I was like, yeah, because one of the things, like I spoke on it early in the podcast about, you know, how um, I'm very guarded and I can be at times very defensive and and it's hard for me to trust people or whatever. And that's something that came from my childhood and certain things that I've experienced. And that carried on in my adult life. And, you know, I've been going for therapy for about 10 plus years but I learned all that stuff for about 30 years you know what I'm saying so the mentality that I had for most of my life was to be defensive and not trust what people say or do you know um so like relating that to this post like a lot of the things that I would say or do would come off as me being defensive, uh, me not trusting people and stuff like that. And I'm sure, you know, from the things that I've heard and even things that may I may not have heard from people that I've interacted with and had relationships with that they felt that. They felt that energy. You know what I'm saying? I gave off that energy that, you know what I'm saying, I was defensive or I was like standoffish and stuff like that and that's something I still kind of struggle with to this day and that's something that people need to learn about themselves what is your what it what is what's what did you learn in your life in your foundational times in your life in your childhood moments that still carry on to this day because 
that is the message that you are relaying to other people. Like you may speak it. It may come out in the things you speak. It may come out in the way that you you react. It may come out in the ways that you interact with people. That is the message that you're giving off to people. So this is the thing that you have to expect from other people as well. Even the people who say that they are experts and stuff like that. Like we are all humans. We are all humans. This is not to take away from the the years of training and the, the work that people put in to get to where they are today but it's just something to think about because ultimately a lot of times um what i've what i've come to see in this world is that we don't want to think for ourselves there's a lot of people out here that don't want to think for themselves it's much more ignorance is bliss ignorance is really bliss for a lot of people that's not it's not for me and it's not for and I'm not saying that to judge other people, but I've always been a person to ask questions, to question everything. And there's some people that just aren't that way. But there's a lot of people out here that just will blindly follow another. You know, because they they see the life that they're living what what they're what they're displaying on social media and stuff like that and they they're look they're comparing their lives to what they see on social media or what is displayed you know in their timelines and stuff like that their highlight reels so to speak and they looking at it as though you know i want i want that i want to live that life you know um I want to have that message that they're, 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 they're giving out. I want to have that same feeling in my life. I don't want to keep going through the things that I'm going through. It's a lot of people out here that are desperate, that have that feeling of desperation, that have that anxiety where they want to, they don't want to keep going through the things that they're going through. So they see these highlight reels from these coaches, these therapists, these content creators and stuff like that. And they just want to follow because they just want a little bit, a little bit of what they see. So we have to be careful about who we're following, who we're listening, who we're taking in, the messages we're taking in. We have to vet that. Each and every one of us is an individual. We're uniquely made. And we have a unique, uh, specific path that we're supposed to follow. But a lot of us aren't doing that. Because we're afraid. We have our insecurities and stuff like that. So, yeah. Let me let me move on. Uh, where was I at? Um, let me see. All right, let me see. But yeah, I just say this for um the women out here that's listening. You got to be careful about a lot of these women empowerment people that you're following. Um these therapists and stuff like that cuz a lot of them 
are trying to justify the way that they're living their life through the acceptance, the applause, the following that they're getting from you. And they're not leading you down the right path. And that goes the same way for dudes, shit. I mean, even without, like, the the real blatant um, conversation of it, a lot of dudes be falling behind these these rappers. Like, I mean, this is something that's been talked about for years. Like, we in 2023. I've heard this conversation since the 90s, shit, the 80s. Like, you know what I'm saying? A lot of dudes be following behind these celebrities. And the same thing goes for women. Like, these, these, you see these the flashiness you see just highlight reels of things and not really knowing what's going on in these people's lives and you don't even you don't even give yourself a chance to reach your full potential because you don't even feel that you're you're good enough because you're comparing yourself to somebody else all right um let me see where i'm at where i'm at gabrielle union and this is what i'm talking about with the messaging shit so Gabrielle Union came out and said, and this this was from a while ago. She said she felt comfortable cheating on her first husband because she paid all the bills. And it's funny because um, on our group chat, my man Greg from Separate the Two Podcasts, he said, he said explains why she's promoting 50-50 because if Wade pays 100%, he gets to cheat. <laughs> Shout out to Greg. And it's funny because even before he said that, that's the same thing I was thinking. But shout out to him for actually saying it. Like, you know, she came out and basically said, let me see if I can find that uh, that, that clip. I, I, I know I saved it. Let me see if I can. Here we go right here. So, yeah, this is the clip. Most recent clip from Gabrielle Union. She said, this is the title. This is the caption from the clip. It says, Gabrielle Union says her and Dwayne Wade split their bills 50-50. And she still has anxiety about being financially secure due to all her responsibilities, which forces her to be a workaholic. Quote, you better work, bitch. Oh, you want to sleep in? End quote. So here's the clip. Wait. Did you develop that first sense of security? In this household, we split everything 50-50. But in the other households that each of us have to support, it puts this, there's always this like gorilla on your back that it is like, you better work, bitch. You better work, bitch, you better work. You know, you, you gonna sleep in? Mm. You know, somebody might not eat. Wait, did you? So that's the clip. And like I said, it was, it's a funny clip because you it's a different message than what she was speaking previously. Oh, damn, my damn microphone holder came loose. Yeah, it was a different clip from what she was speaking initially, right? So we're going to go off of um, Greg's commentary. And 
Like you said, so that's why she promoting fifty fifty now because <laughs> is is that why she's promoting it? Because <laughs> she don't want Dwayne Wade to pay all the bills and to have a reason to cheat when she thought it was acceptable to cheat on her husband when she was paying one hundred percent or majority of the bills, right? But You'll have so many, like, when that first quote or clip came out about her um, cheating on her first husband because she was paying all the bills. You know, you'll have so many women, you know, following behind that and celebrating that and stuff like that. But... <laughs> But now it's a different story when you're when you're married to a multimillionaire. Like D Wade is like worth a hundred something million dollars. There's no need for Gabrielle Union to bring her 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 little cents into <laughs> paying paying some bills. D Wade can take care of it all he wants to. But like, I ain't going to go too far, but we see their relationship is kind of different because Gabrielle Union seems to be the dominant figure in that relationship. According to, you know, what's being displayed. I'm, I mean, I'm just going off of what I see, not, you know, total facts or anything like that. But, yeah. <laughs> Oh man, I'm still trying to get the uh the mic uh staying together. I don't know what the heck happened with that. So I'm trying to get that together so I can get fully into the get fully into the back into the episode. I apologize for this. This is the the rust of being gone for so long. So I know you can hear me tightening the the mic stand i apologize so much for this but y'all 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 love me so y'all y'all deal with it okay so my mic stand is not cooperating with me right now so let me see let me see if i can fix it real quick so i can go forward all right here we go right here yeah but but this this is what it comes down to like messengers like and when it comes to like the black community black culture we always following behind c celebrities what celebrities are doing and what they saying and a lot of people will resonate with messages that may not be beneficial to their specific lives their lives you know like these these celebrities and stuff like that they live different lives than we do then different tax brackets, like things are like really different for them compared to us. And then a lot of times they be lying about their lives. They got to lie about it in order to continue being in the same circle that they've always been in. You'll never hear 
<coughs> excuse me, you don't never hear no white people worrying about what Tom Hanks is doing or Mel Gibson doing and how they living and stuff like that. They don't care about that shit. <laughs> like, come on now. We are totally flawed. And I go back to um I go back to that that Malcolm X quote. I, I wish I would have had it ready for this episode. But he was basically, and this is not verbatim, he was talking about, you know, how in the black community, we always put out a celebrity or entertainer or something to speak up for us. And you'll never see the black community do that. I mean, the white community do that. It's only the black community. And why do they do that for us? Like when it comes down to these elections, when they was pushing the vax, the the juice, when they was pushing the juice and stuff like that, who was they getting? Celebrities, entertainers and stuff like that. All right, I'm back. I'm back good. I'm back good. I got the mic stand ready to go. So, yeah, it's just. It's just sad, but let me play this other clip. We're moving away from Gabrielle Union. That was just another example of messengers and messages, how different that they can be and how you got to be careful about blindly following these these people out here pushing these messages. If you know your man in real life, why you got to know him on Facebook? Like, what does that do for you other than invite people in your business, invite people to tell you how your relationship will work, invite people to tell you what happiness is for you. Every single relationship is unique. And social media is literally the death of relationships because you have this platform that tells you what your love should look like. It's impossible. You cannot make it that way. You've got to seclude your relationship. You have got to keep that thing out of other people's reach because if it's sacred to you, why does everybody else need to touch it? There is a reason why when you shake somebody's hand, you reach out to them with your right hand because it's the hand that touches the least amount of yeah, I don't know nothing about that last statement. I mean, that was, <laughs> but I played this. I played this clip because I, you know, what I'm saying, social media is so big right now, and it affects so much stuff, and particularly uh, relationships and partnerships, and we we just follow behind what somebody else is doing in their relationship or their partnership, or what somebody is saying that we should be doing and all this other stuff. Like it always, like I was thinking about this earlier today. It always kills me how people will always put out, always put out this message about I'll, I'll keep my relationship. Um, what is that damn quote? This is a stupid ass quote to me, and I'm just saying to me, just saying to me, um, I will keep my relationship um, private, but not. Um, I don't, I don't know that shit verbatim. I can't think. But basically, it was saying it, it, that quote that always be going around where people be talking about some, you know, you may not see who I'm in a relationship with, but you're going to know who I'm in. You're going to know that I'm in a relationship. 
And people always be throwing that, that shit out. And I was thinking today when I, when I got home from the gym and I was in the shower, I was thinking to myself, I was like, what does it even matter that, you know, a person is in a relationship or not? Like, because when it comes down to it, it is so many people out here in a relationship and they they displaying their significant other, their partner all over social media and doing dirt. But then you can also not be showing who your significant other is, but letting people know that you're in a relationship and still doing dirt. When it comes down to it, what are you personally doing? Like, people can think all day, oh, this person is single. But as soon as somebody come holler at them or jump into their DMs, what only matters is how that person responds. Are they accepting a date? Are they flirting back? Or are they, you know, not shutting down some flirting or something like that? Or are they letting them know, no, I'm not interested? Oh, are they, you know what I'm saying? Are they responding to the flirtation is? That's what matters. Like, it, so many people be trying to project their, their insecurities and their, their traumas and the things that they've gone through onto other people to make themselves feel good or in order to make themselves feel um, higher or better than somebody else. But when it comes down to it, the only thing that matters is how you respond like it could be people on social media all day long and you think that they single and if somebody try to holler at them they don't bite how would you know if they do bite how would you know so we gotta stop all of this this like it shows social media shows all of our insecurities. It shows all of our insecurities, our ulterior motives, our predatory um, behaviors, all that stuff. Like what truly matters is what the individual is doing, how that individual responds, how that individual reacts, how that individual really truly lives their lives and stuff like that. We got so many people that are in relationships and partnerships that's panicked and insecure and stuff like that because they watching somebody else or they they going off of somebody else's message and stuff like that. Like, the shit is stupid. Like, we're just going around just straight being followers. We're being pushed to be followers because of social media. Have y'all noticed that there are a lot of people on social media telling other people what to do? Here are three things that we need to ask before we start taking advice from random folks on social media. Number one is who are you? For real, who are you? Every week I feel like another character pops up that we don't know anything about and they just start giving us expert advice. Where's the evidence that you're implementing these strategies into your life and that they're actually effective? If you're giving me parenting advice, where's the evidence that you do that with your own children? If you're giving me relationship advice, where's your husband? Where's your wife? Where's your girlfriend? Where are the people that can speak to the way that you deploy these strategies? And that's not to say you gotta be a perfect parent to give good parenting advice, or you need to have a perfect marriage in order to give relationships. 
relationship advice, but I need to know that the seeds that you're sowing, they sprouting up somewhere. Number two is what's your experience? Are you formally educated in this subject? Have you worked in this industry for a very long time? It's fine if you don't have any of that, but don't speak from an expert standpoint. Just talk about your own experiences. Number three is where are the actionable steps? We see the gender wars. Men do this, women do that. No solution at all. When someone's giving you advice, pay attention to whether or not they're giving you practical, actionable steps. I love that we're freely sharing information. I just urge you to challenge the places that that info comes from. Even if that means you're challenging me, I welcome that. Job well done. And that's, that's a perfect message from Keir Gaines on social media. I follow him on Instagram. But that's a perfect message. Like, he even said it, challenge him. And when he made this post, it was people actually in his comments challenging him on that because everything he said in this wasn't necessarily correct. Was it beneficial? Yes. Was it something that you can question? Was it something that you can consider? Yes. One of the key things that he said was even if you don't have the expert expertise in, in anything, speak on your own experiences. And that's one of the things that I set out to do from jump when I started this podcast, to speak on my experiences, speak on my experiences. And that's why I let people know I don't say it every episode, but I definitely say it plenty of times that I'm not a therapist. I'm not a mental health professional. I speak from my experiences. That's something I particularly do on my pod, um, not my podcast, <laughs> Uh, yes, my podcast, but my blog, greatestiamblog.com. Each and every one of my blogs speaking on mental health is about solely my experience on things. And that's why even on the podcast, when I talk about things, I put myself into it because I want you to know I ain't perfect. Shit. Just like when you talk about relationship shit, like like I've talked about plenty of times before. I've cheated. I've lied. I've done stuff you know what i'm saying i'm not perfect i will never sit on here and try to be perfect i don't want you to look at me as perfect the problem one of the biggest problems i've had in my life is people looked at me too, like i was too fucking perfect when i came out and started talking about my mental health struggles i've had i had issues with people because they didn't believe me they thought i was doing it to get a fucking attention or they they looked at it as though that I was trying to victimize myself in order, you know what I'm saying, to get converts or followers or some shit like that. Or they they will hold me to the things that the the um the things that I've gone through, you know what I'm saying, the mistakes that I've made and stuff like that. Like I've had to go through that to the point where I I was just I question like, do I even want to do this shit anymore? Because, like, I'm just trying to help people. I'm just trying to be open. I'm trying to help myself. This ain't even, most of the time, it ain't even got to do with nobody else, you know what I'm saying, trying to get followers or new listeners or something like that. This is therapeutic for me as well. But I thought that was a great message. I'm going to play it again. Matter of fact, I'm going to play it again. Have y'all noticed that there are a lot of people on social media telling other people what to do? Here are three things that we need to ask before we start taking advice from random folks on social media. Number one is who are you? For real, who are you? Every week I feel like another character pops up that we don't know anything about and they- See, I have a problem with him saying character. 
I mean, I get it. Matter of fact, I don't have a problem with it. I, I understand what he's coming from because it's a lot of people out here um, that present themselves in a boisterous or loud and aggressive manner, um, men and women, because that's what's trendy. You know what I'm saying? To be loud, to be boisterous, to be um, to throw some 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 cuss words and to you know um, talk about some some shit that you know that will be um, that other women will resonate with or other men will resonate with. You know what I'm saying? That a lot of this gender divide is just is just people out here talking shit. And they know that it's going to get attention. I mean, let's be real. Not saying that they don't believe what they saying, but they know that it's going to get a reaction out of people. That is the biggest goal for them. They know it's going to get a reaction out of people. Just start giving us expert advice. Where's the evidence that you're implementing these strategies into your life and that they're actually effective? If you're giving me parenting advice, where's the evidence that you do that with your own children? If you're giving me relationship advice, where's your husband? Where's your wife? Where's your girlfriend? Where are the people that can speak to the way that you deploy these strategies? And that's not to say you gotta be a perfect parent to give good parenting advice, or you need to have a perfect marriage in order to give relationship advice. But I need to know that the seeds that you're sowing, they sprout. I believe everybody's message, everybody's life, everybody's journey is important because it, it will provide a different perspective for people to learn something from or to consider somewhere number two is what's your experience are you formally educated in this subject have you worked in this industry for a very long time it's fine if you don't have any of that but don't speak from an expert standpoint just talk about your own experiences number three is where are the actionable steps there's a lot of people out here and that particularly on social media and stuff like that when you see all these these clips and stuff talking about relationship shit and just be talking they have no intention behind what they're saying they have no goal in mind is there's nobody that they're trying to, to help or anything like that they just talking shit talking shit and that's something in our culture black american culture that we get too caught up into talking shit it ain't no solutions behind it. It ain't no plan. It ain't no nothing. It's just talking shit. We see the gender wars. Men do this. Women do that. No solution at all. When someone's giving you advice, pay attention to whether or not they're giving you practical, actionable steps. I love that we're freely sharing information. I just urge you to challenge the places that that info comes from. Even if that means you're challenging me, I welcome that. Job well done. Like I said... Yeah, that was a <laughs> great message. And like I said, it was people in the uh, comments challenging him. It was like one one particular one that I uh, saved that says, I agree with all of this, but aren't you talking about you? And he responded. He said, if you look through my content and don't see representations of the things that I encourage others to do, then yes, that includes me. And he's not lying about that. Like, it makes no sense for me to get on this podcast, to get on my blog and talk about mental health, and I ain't even going to therapy. It doesn't make sense. Or I haven't gone to therapy. Or I'm not putting in, or I'm not taking any steps to improve my mental health. It makes no sense. And that's why you got to pay attention to these people that 
putting out these messages. Even people who are in positions of power or positions of authority or positions where they can help somebody else. Are they actually using the same tools that they are giving out? Are they? I think I'm going to finish off here because I'm getting a little hungry and I got to go to the bathroom. So I talked about Janelle Monet on the last podcast just just briefly. So I'm going to talk about her a little bit more briefly on this. So this is a, a caption from a social media post. It says Janelle, Janelle Monet accused of hypocrisy for saying she's happiest when her titties are out, despite previously saying she didn't want to take her shirt off to, quote, show girls there was another way, end quote. Right. And what was interesting about all of this. So I'm going to read the full caption. It says Janelle Monet is currently facing criticism from fans for her new look. She's ditched the suits and is now going for a more, quote, topless, end quote, look. In a recent interview, she told Rolling Stone that, quote, she's much happier when her titties are out, end quote. A much different tune than what she said to Essence magazine in 2020 in 2013, 10 years ago. During her interview with Essence, Monet had this to say about showing her skin, quote, people don't ask Jay-Z to take his shirt off when he rhymes. Showing my skin is not what makes me sexy, end quote. And even before this, I thought, you know, when she was wearing the suits, I thought Janelle Monet was attractive. Like, um, it was other people, other men that thought the same thing. But let me get back to the caption. It says, during that same interview nearly 10 years ago, she stated that the reason being is because she wanted to show girls there is another way to succeed without dressing like society's norm. Quote. I like skirts and dresses just like everyone else, but I had a message I needed to put out there. It was up to me to show people and young girls there was another way, end quote. Fans are now accusing Monet of being a sellout. However, this brings another very important question. Are people not allowed to change? Monet stated, quote, she wanted to show girls there was another way, end quote. It's fair to say she showed them. Those suits and talent got her where she is today. Perhaps sis is just ready to hang. <clears throat> so what I thought was very interesting about um, that particular post, right? When I went into the comments and I started looking at people's responses, it was people actually talking about that's growth, that's evolution. How the fuck is that growth and evolution? Please tell me. When I think of growth and evolution, I think of positive shit, <laughs> not negative stuff, not not going backwards, going forward. So how are you in 2013 saying that you want to show women and young girls a, a different way to succeed? And then 10 years later, now you're getting naked everywhere and stuff like that. Come on now. Like, come on. Like. People can't be so wrapped up into their own shit that they can't see that this is hypocrisy. It's contradiction. It is not growth and it's not evolution. It is not. It's just not. 
but it was multiple people. Like I took the time out of my day to scroll up and down them comments and it was multiple. I'm talking, I'm not talking about 10, five or 10 people. I'm talking about multiple, multiple people saying that this is evolution. Do people really know what evolution means? Do people know what growth means? Like I said on this podcast plenty of times, I'm all for people living their life the way that they want to live. But come on now. Come on. Janelle Monet can do whatever the hell she want to do. But when people start looking at this as this is being growth and evolution, there's a problem. There's a dif- disconnect. I already talked about this over-sexualized society and particularly in the black community, black American culture. But you're not going to sit here and say that this is evolution and this is growth. It is not. That's a bad message. It's the wrong message. You can disagree with me or not. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, this podcast is all about just, you know, you just consider the things that I got to say. You can disagree with me, but that don't mean that I'm wrong. (laughs) All right. Shit, because I can disagree with you and that don't mean you're wrong or you're right i don't hate you that don't mean i ain't gonna i don't want to be around you or anything but come on man we gotta do better than this seriously man like one of the things that i wanted to point out was like if you go back in and into history if and it's, it's probably a lot of black people right now that don't know this look up the name sarah bartman sarah bartman this was like centuries ago, like two centuries ago. Like she she had um, a, 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 a big butt. I'll say it that way. Not not in, in a disrespectful way, but in a way that people can understand. She had a really large butt. She had a big butt. And the white people paraded her around as if she was a sideshow. And we're still doing this today to ourselves. And look. I'm all and look, I love a I love a big butt and a smile. You know what I'm saying? But that song did speak a lot of truth. That shit can be poison. <laughs> like, seriously. It's to the point where even when she died, they was like doing experiments and shit on her. So they was parading her around as if she was a circus act. But now we're willingly doing this. Why is it that the women in black American culture, Hollywood, the music industry and stuff like that, the only successful ones are the ones that really show, you know, show their ass and, you know, be overly sexualized. Cardi B, Nicki Minaj, Lil' Kim, all these other women rappers out here that I don't know their name and don't want to hear their music. Why did Halle Berry finally win an Oscar when she got naked and got bust down by a white dude? You know what I'm saying? Even on the reverse, why did Denzel Washington finally win an Oscar when he was a corrupt cop? Come on, we why do we just blindly just let these things go? Like, I understand everybody ain't going going resonate with the things that I'm saying. Everybody ain't going to walk the same walk that I'm walking and stuff like that. But... It, it it boggles my mind when uh, a lot of us in, in the black American culture and stuff like that have these, 
you know, we get defensive about certain things that are so trivial that don't really mean nothing, but we won't do that with things that really is exploiting us or hurting us or hurting our loved ones and, and stuff like that. It just boggles my mind. You know what I'm saying? But, you know what I'm saying? Kill the messenger, consider the source, you know, who knows, you know, those are just things that we hear a lot. And that might be one of the titles of the podcast. <laughs> oh, man. It's a taste to consider podcast. I'm your host, Derek Silver, and I'm out.